multiple Echo Rift guest spots where I have not. He is the host of the Paper Keg Podcast. This is episode 128. Welcome to the show. Uh, we talk about industry, news, the books we're reading, and we will do a book club this week. Internet hero Ed Brubaker Sean Phillips Fatal So thanks for checking the podcast out We're just three fellows with children uh, one of which is he just can't stop drinking himself to death I'm playing Assassin's Creed right now um, but we'll read your letters at the end of the show too papercake.com check us out um, the host I was just talking about living for now he I think he might actually be asleep right now looking on his camera Jonesy loves beer you're a writer um, are you alive? Uh, I can confirm that despite my glossy finish, uh, I have not been glazed. I am alive uh, for the time being. Check back throughout the show for updates. Pleased to have you living this evening. Uh, Google, Google Hangouts is just trashing our video tonight. I mean, just two weeks Google? in a row. We're cursed. Dale underscore A. VP of merch for the show. He's a father. He has a hardcore, hardcover comic addiction. Trying to kick it. Who knows? Um, welcome back to the show. It is good to be back. My belly full of uh, post-Thanksgiving leftovers and winter beer and other things, too. Turkey skin. Delicious turkey skin. Uh, what a show. Biggest show since the Wolverine movie episode that shocked the world. Uh, also a shocker. We're giving up paper keg and just reviewing that film every week uh, until we die. I wish. As it turns out, that's what the uh, the people are demanding. <laughs> they are demanding that. Jonesy, um... Just want to make sure you're not downloading any kind of hardcore videos that should not be downloading while recording that would slow down your video. Just going to throw it out there. Is my video slow? Because, you know, my Dropbox is paused. That's why I thought you said you were, that's why I said you were dead. You look like you passed out and your face is just (laughs) fell to the side. Like, this is the end of you, finally. 
Are you maybe streaming uh, your Assassin's Creed game over the same Wi-Fi that <laughs> you're using your computer? He's, you can't just turn it off for five seconds. <laughs> you. He's twitching. He He's twitching his gameplay well. video. I just. Uh, <laughs> uh, anywho, big show. Ed Brubaker, Brubs, we call him on the show. Oh yeah, uh, we love him. We're dear friends. We love his Daredevil. We loved Criminal, Incognito. Uh, Sean Phillips as well. You know, I was reading Sean Phillips stuff back when he was doing Uncanny X-Men. You know, that summer at my boardwalk, I was picking up comic books in print. Loved it. Did you ever read that, Rondale? I never read that, Ron. Oh, my. You saying we should do it? Is that the only way I'm going to get to read it? If if we read it for the show? He wasn't like a monthly. He only only did like two and then was off two and came back and did one. But there's Mm. a really, there's some really cool covers that he did. I think, um... The one female character that her mutant power was like pheromones. Stacy X, I think her name was. I definitely never read that. There was a like a terrible character. <laughs> this was the era where they weren't wearing the costumes; they were wearing like the leather. So the cover was her, where uh, like draping Wolverine's old yellow costume over herself, and it was really cool. You know, just look it up. Look up Stacy X. Did it make it move? My heart did stir, Jonesy. Yeah, mm. his heart moved. Um, so Fatal, Fatal, will be reading in our book club, and uh, we'll read your letters. But um, Jonesy, I just want to have you go first so that you stay awake during the show, if possible. Oh, thank you so kindly. Uh, you know the Infinite event just wrapped up. You guys been following this? You mean Infinity? Infin? What did I say? Infinite? That's the same thing, right? Yeah. So. Infinity is drawn to a close, and some pretty pretty big shakeups have come to the Marvel U to set up the uh, Marvel Now uh, universe. And I will be one hundred percent honest; I had no idea who the Inhumans were going into this event. Uh, much like I stumbled into the middle of uh, Bruce Wayne returning arcs, uh, I stumbled into this uh, event not knowing who certain characters was, although uh, were rather. I will say that I loved Black Bolt. Hmm. Um, I thought his voice power was pretty cool because the other times he doesn't talk. And his battle with uh, Thanos was pretty amazing. So the end of this event, spoilers, uh, the city of the Inhumans, I guess, has been invisible floating above the planet uh, for some time, kind of like uh, Themyscira uh, for the Amazonians. It's invisible to our technology. Uh, Black Bolt's voice power is so destructive it actually rains the city down to Earth. And now, through the machinations of Thanos to kill his son, uh, every human descendant of a inhuman suddenly manifests inhuman powers, much like uh, mutants coming back. It's kind of like on the similar lines mm. that now in, in the culture and the um, population... There's now all these superpower beings that exist. Uh, one of them being Thanos' son. And kind of the whole um, event can be said that uh, Thanos wanted to get every superhero that he considered a threat off of Earth because he knew his son lived there. So this whole event was really just an opportunity for him to kill out his bug line because he saw them as threats. And inadvertently, he creates his ultimate threat by giving his son powers. 
and that's kind of where we're left. Like the you know, and the Inhumans are picking up the pieces. Um, Thane Thanos' son is is probably going to be a bigger evil than he will be, as predicted by some of the more cosmic characters in Marvel. And uh, it's kind of like a brave new world chapter coming to Earth. So we'll see how these Inhumans react. You know, with the rest of the world. FYI, spoilers for Infinity. Yeah, that was a pretty spoiler-heavy uh, review. Uh, so if you haven't read the event, I've just totally ruined it for you, and I apologize. <laughs> Skip ahead however many seconds you think. Jensie, what did you think of that story with Thanos and Thane compared to the Thanos miniseries that Aaron did? Was that the one where he was young and abused? He was young and, he and was abused, bullied? and then he like tried to win over that girl who turned out to be death and he destroyed, he had like thousands of children that he, that she asked him to go murder. So how do I, how do I think of it? Like story wise? Yeah. Like what did you think of that miniseries for Thanos compared to how this one was, or was this one not uh, really I like, connected to the Thanos character as much? No, I, I thought in the Thanos mini with Jason Aaron, it's so character driven and when you think about Thanos and death, like it's a very obscure relationship because I wasn't there to read the comics as they were with the whole Infinity Gauntlet storyline. So, and I love everything Jason Aaron. So there you go. Mm. But uh, no, I, I, even throughout this whole event, Thanos didn't even seem like a real threat. Like uh, the stakes weren't really high. It was always always acting through intermediates, and the builders seemed like more of a you know, direct threat to humanity than he did. So did you like I don't know it? If that answers your question. I liked it. I liked, um, I particularly liked the inhuman stuff because I'd never read it before. So it was kind of, I felt like I was like seeing a brand new world that I would, that I hadn't been exposed to before. Hmm. So how many, um, new inhumans are we talking about here? Are these inhumans just like spreading I, I their th- love? I don't know if there was a number uh, or there might have was there might have been and I forgot, but the panels were like all over the world, you know, people that have like that inhuman gene got mm-hmm. activated. Hmm. What's interesting too is I think Fraction is writing the Inhuman series with Joe Mad on art, but that doesn't start until like April or something. Why the wow, big gap? really? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I I because I'm I th- gonna forget all about this by April. Well, I think it was like February or January, but then it got delayed. Apparently, I just read that. I think that's bleeding confirmed that there was a delay. Yeah, but you'll probably be reading. Well, just probably Joe Mad right there. <laughs> Delays already. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's hard not to assume that it's a Joe Mad related delay. Uh, I would uh, I would assume it would be all, all up in Avengers and all that stuff for the next couple months, Jonesy. Possibly, I mean, maybe not, but. From what I can tell in the Avengers, there's there's 1,500 characters in there now. So you just go and uh, figure out which one's an inhuman and which one's not. I The only thing that I'm concerned about really is don't mutants kind of fill that void of like the outcast superpower community? And don't the Asgardians already fill that void of being like this godly powerful race that isn't really related to humanity? You know, why did they co- combine the two to make the Inhumans, and how is it going to mean something to the Marvel Universe? So I'll be very interested to see how they do it. Especially with the ending to the Uncanny Avengers that happened this week. They're, they just were very similar in terms of 
more superpowered people coming. I'll try to be as vague as possible. Thanks. After I wrote it for everybody. <laughs> uh, let's, let's. That was your man of steel against the world. <laughs> will Somebody had to pay. He'll forever hold that grudge. And if there's just some poor sap not reading a story, he will just throw the spoiler feces in their face. <laughs> if I have to, to get it back, that's what I'll do. Let's let's just get it out of the way right now. Let's do it. Let's. It's the elephant in the room, it. as Dale hey. eloquently put it before taping. Mm-hmm. Black Science number one Ooh. from get in there. Rick Remendo and Matteo I... Scalera. I uh, completely ignored my crying son today to make sure I read this issue because uh, it would more than likely get talked about in some fashion on the show, mm-hmm. and I needed to be p- p- clued in. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean? I'm glad that you almost went on the verge of ethering your son to get, get it done. Whatever I can do to get, to get that kid quiet. You know so, I mean? Black Science, I actually tried to avoid all interviews for this book. Like, I just wanted to read it and be totally clean of any kind of uh, predisposed ideas. But um, I ended up having to interview Rick, not having to, I was, you know, I was honored, <laughs> obviously, to interview Rick for the uh, other podcast that I do. You call him Rick? Like, <laughs> so I. You don't, you don't call him like Rico or Rocky or Ricky? There's no like pet name you guys mm-hmm. have yet? Rocco. So I, want, so I wanted to experience it on that Wednesday, but. You know, in preparing for an interview, I ended up reading it ahead of time and reading a bunch of interviews that he had done. So I kind of, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but I had to change how I wanted to jump into the book. So it's it was billed as the spiritual successor or sequel to Fear Agent. And I'm not sure if anyone's aware, but that's my all-time <laughs> favorite comic book series. So... Uh, this, it, this the book follows this this uh, anarchist scientist Grant McKay, who has experimented with you know black science, which is you know the dark arts, so to speak. So he and this team have figured out how to jump into different dimensions at at will using this machine. And the story starts out with Grant and this female character on the run running from something and and then you get into the inner monologue of grant kind of looking back at what got him where he is right now thinking about how he you know he he was selfish he did everything for himself he ignored everyone's you know opinions on what to do and it ended up costing him his marriage you know he had an affair his wife is missing his kids hate him and um so right off the bat i mean it was like a total fear agent glove for me. This is, I think this is the only music file that Jonesy has queued up. So it could be whatever topic and this would just start playing. So, so black science, like I won't go into too much details, but maybe we can afterward, but it was absolutely just like in my brain, a continuation of the fear agent vibe, which was all I could ever hope. I loved it. I could even see this taking place in the same, uh, like, universe. Uh, like, part of your interview, you know, uh, Rocco Romendo talks about um, kind of making this a bridge between a ton of properties and, you know, a ton of creator work. And maybe some of his uh, creator friends will have, 
you know, his uh, black scientist popping up in their universe in the background or right. something goofy. So I absolutely think at some point we're going to see Heath uh, in the background. <laughs> I thought of that. Of some so issue. He, and, and I posed that question kind of as a joke. Like I asked, like, when would we see, you know, Blackheart Billy and Captain Dingleberry in the black science universe? Like one of them, they just like go into their dimension. And he flat out said like, yeah, that's definitely something we're thinking about. And in my head, like at the time, I was like, oh, God, Heath Houston. Heath, <laughs> Heath. <laughs> but I didn't want to bring that up because I, I can't remember if I had just mentioned Fury Agent like 80 times before that question. So I just let it drop. <laughs> but can you imagine my emotional state if there is like issue 30 Fear Agent uh, crossover? Hold on. Wait for it. Fear Agent epilogue. <laughs> That's the title of the issue. But what's cool is he he even mentioned like yeah I've I've talked to my buddies and their own creator own works their own creator own books and we have ideas on how to mix worlds in this title which I was like mm. shocked that he would kind of maybe not be cagey about but like I would maybe w- wonder if he would keep that under his vest um, but I thought it was a great like genius idea this opens up to so many possible storylines it's nutty yeah the. Uh it's it, you really could go anywhere with this story and the way he sets it up um i think was perfectly executed because i would have liked to have seen like the whole crew a little more and what their what their entire story is but the whole first half of the book when he's on the run from everything like that was enough of to see that where um, I, you know, I was more than ha- I'm more than ready to read the next issue and beyond because of what's going to be happening on their little, you know, time jaunts or whatever mm-hmm. their, their par- parallel universe jaunts. And the uh, man, the art and the colors, sp- most specifically, was like every page is like a blacklight poster mm-hmm. when they were when they were. Um, when he was running from the lizard and the frogmen, it was a. I mean, they, it was ben, bananas. It was gorgeous, like the color. I just want to say the colors. I mean, the art was beautiful too, yeah. but the colors were just. I, I and he even mentions it in the uh, his letter page on the back, but it's just like otherworldly, inspiring color usage, and, it's, and it is absolutely true. Yeah, I hope Dean White just never like him and Rick Remender, He does the Captain America. I'm not sure if he did the most recent issue, but his stuff is like, he's the most recognizable colorist, I think, out there. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, and this is so unique, so unique. I mean, it, this is just like another notch in his his belt because mm-hmm. it was gorgeous stuff. Loved it. Can't wait for more. And I think he even, I think he said that the next issue was like in two weeks. It's like really right around the corner for whatever oh. reason. Wow. Maybe shipping for the holidays. Oh, stuff like that. God, Heath. Heath. <laughs> uh, I'm calling out to you. Dale underscore A. Welcome back to the show, first of all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank it's It's good to be back. Um, we're, um, we're riding a high from the Wolverine film episode. One of our most popular episodes ever. Celebrating like no other. What did you read this week? We know how to celebrate, too, which is crazy. I read... Uh, a Never Ending, by uh, put out by Dark Horse Comics, and uh, our boy Adam P. Nave hmm. and DJ Kirkbride on the story with Robert Love and Heather Breckel 
on art and colors. Mm. And never ending, never ending, right on the cover, issue one of three. So you already know. Love it. You already know already. Dark Horse is just amazing at that. I mean, they know what they're doing to sell a unique miniseries where artists can tell their their story. And Neverending is about a a gentleman who became a Superman like character. He was a, it was the nineteen fifties and he was basically hit by a meteor rock and gained Superman's powers, essentially. But what this story is going to tell is how the man doesn't age and everyone around him ages. So at the time, he was sort of seeing a, a woman that was disapproved of by, his, by the woman's father. And it was because it was the 1950s and she was black. And, uh, you know, he gained the superpowers and he kind of took her away. They had a son, you know, was very run of the mill. He was worried that his superpowers might affect the baby. And um, <clears throat> what you end up finding out is the wife and the son just died of old age. And flash forward to 2036, and he is uh, fighting his old arch, arch nemesis that he's, he fights every, like, it's just, you know, those two doing the old dance because nothing ever happens. And uh, his arch nemesis is like an evil scientist. And he, he says, you know, I am not going to die until I can best you and kill you, uh, Chuck. Like, he doesn't have a superhero name. In the 1950s, they tried to give him a name called Swell Guy because all the uh, all the comic hero name all the hero names were taken in from the comic books. So Swell Guy is just like call me Charles, call me Chuck. And the last couple pages, um, the last interaction between the two is, all right, well then, don't worry because I'm going to help you in your quest. And he just flies off and essentially is basically he's going to help this guy kill him because he's he's maybe had enough in this life. You know, he's ready to pass on. So we'll see where it goes from there. It was really good. It was charming, all ages, I would say. Hmm. And uh, it was was really beautiful book, beautiful colors. I I like where this is going. Would you say that Dark Horse is your favorite publisher? Be honest with me right now. Yes. Wow. Whoa. Wow. I don't know. Heard it here first. I, I don't know. Wow. Marvel. Marvel's probably my favorite but hmm. Dark Horse is probably my favorite. Jeez, backpedaling loves beer. <laughs> Jonesy, you're drunk. <laughs> All right? <laughs> How about uh, the announcement that Daredevil is continuing uh, with the same yeah. creative team under a new number oh, one? My I bet that was Mark Wade's idea to troll the entire internet. I guarantee that yeah. was Mark Wade's idea. I kind of had an idea that nothing was going to happen. I would have thought that if it were ending, both of Somni and Wade would have had more to say after the letters column came out. Remember those Fantastic Four red herrings he was dropping left and right? I, I felt hook, line, and sinker for that. I wanted it to happen. I would have paid handsomely for those books. Boo-goo bucks, as they say. Is that a racist term? Should I edit that out? <laughs> oh, jeez. My word, Jonesy. You're, when you're drunk, you're just, just belligerent just and racist. Old, those long generations of Joneses really come out from the South. Play, playing video games live on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, lightning round. Two sentences or less. Man, I have actually a couple books I want to talk about this week, too. Oh, boy. Uh, two sentences or less. Another book you read. Jonesy Loves Beer, please. 
Uh, voice of a generation, Matt Fraction writes, oh, guy. It's already the voice of a generation, <laughs> Matt Fraction. And a story about Kate Bishop that could have been off a Tumblr blog or in some kind of YouTube channel action fan film video. Wonderful series continues to surprise me in every turn. I love that Gen Z is so clued in about Tumblr, and yet he does not Dial have a Tumblr. In. You're dialed in. Get out of here. (laughs) Savage Wolverine number 12. Drawn and mostly written by Phil Jimenez, who you might remember from drawing the last new X-Men arc from Grant Morrison. That didn't count as a sentence. Wolverine uncovers some gruesome, grisly poaching happening. And he traces it back to Madripoor. He'll do anything to make sure it stops. Quantum and Woody, number five. Good jumping on point for the next arc. Quantum and Woody. <laughs> oh, Dale's drunk. You can't pronounce things. It's not as funny as when I do it. <laughs> they, um, they set out to pick up the pieces where they left off the previous arc, and set anew as superheroes in charge of getting revenge for their father. A hilarious, easy take on the superhero genre with a goat that is well worth the price of admission. My review was supposed to state that Savage Wolverine was really great. And I, I didn't weasel it in there. So just imagine no. that I said that. Two sentences or less. Sorry, everybody. It, it came across, though, your 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 voice, your determination. When I said Madripoor. Yeah. Here we go. Fatal. Jonesy's already clapping, so we don't I'm, need to yeah. speak to him throughout this entire book club. We know how he feels. Fatal by Ed Brubaker. Brubes. He's, he's just going to go play Assassin's Creed 4 <laughs> as we talk about it. Uh, and Sean Phillips, creative team that sticks together. They do this. They do projects together. Uh, Criminal, maybe you've read that. Sleeper. Oh yeah. Um. So this was, I think this was Brubes's big frog splash into creator owned when his Captain America Marvel contract ended. A lot of hype, Jonesy. Please tell us about it. Funny you should use the term frog splash. Is this uh, is a very Lovecraftian uh, influenced crime story? Uh, Fatal is uh, about the title character Josephine. She's a femme fatale, and she's also a succubus, as they say. Uh, the story begins with Nicholas Lash, who has just inherited uh, the remains of an estate from a his godfather who's a established crime fiction writer 
not to his shock, he discovers a manuscript uh, that's previously unpublished years before um, the work that made his godfather famous. So at the funeral, <clears throat> he meets Josephine, who identifies herself as uh, the granddaughter of a woman that uh, reigns, which is the godfather's name, uh, loved previously. And very quickly we realize that that's not the case, that Josephine herself is the subject of the novel from 1957. So just as Lash is kind of trying to put together how this woman can still be alive and so young, uh, somebody comes after him for the manuscript. Uh, he escapes uh, with Josephine, and in a hor- horrific uh, car accident, uh, he loses his right leg. And this is just the first issue, folks. It's, it's action-packed. Uh, the rest of the first volume is uh, Lash reading the manuscript, which is a semi-factual detailing of the story of Reigns. Uh, you know, his life as young reporter with a wife and a kid on the way and his encounter with Josephine and how that and her previous lover <clears throat> begin to tear his own life apart. Uh, as I said before, it's very Lovecraftian. So there's a lot of squid face men. There's a lot of the occult and how that factors into uh, Josephine's power and her survival and really her embodiment of the entire 1930s femme fatale mystique all branches from her. Uh, it's sleeper meets uh the heart of darkness meets the call of cthulhu it's a wonderfully written crime drama hmm. with the cult so this wasn't the first time you've read it right Jonesy? i think were you reading monthlies uh i'm not reading monthlies but i have read the first volume before and then i've been kind of uh buying them as they come and saving them because i know this is not going to last forever i think he said that he's got an end issue of mine and the story, I mean, the first volume is not so complicated, but there are so many characters and twists and turns. I really feel this deserves to be read like a one sitting, like Fear Agent style or mm. Planetary style. Yeah, tr- so I'm kind of waiting for that final arc to be done. I tried um, reading monthly and I stopped like after the first issue. Like this, in my opinion, this, sh- like I don't want to say shouldn't be read monthly, but the preferred format would be in collected form. Like you should read this trade and then read the second trade. Yeah, and yeah. anyone uh, familiar with Brubaker's style will know that he writes for the trade really well, and you know he works better in big chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I probably own the first four in paperback, and I tried reading monthly. I stopped. I I read the first two, and then I picked up the other two, and I hadn't read them, but I was so confused at the end of the second issue that I didn't feel I didn't like the vibe and the gaps in between, and um going back and reading this all one volume digitally just did a ton for me yeah. as far as reading the story like it, it was so effective i didn't know where one issue ended and the other began it was that seamless and it was that and it's probably a detriment i think to the single issues because there was no like opener like no three act structure mm-hmm. within the arc for each issue 
This book, so, this book fits so well into the collected format that, like, you guys just read 3001. In my head, this would be, like, Clark releasing 3001 in chapters once a month or, like, once every two weeks. Like, in my head, like, this would be impossible to read monthly, and I would recommend people not do it and just wait. I agree. It would be bizarre to try to – of all the fantastic uh, elements of the story and all of the, like, occult, like, beats – in the first volume because he does throw a little panel that says chapter two or chapter mm-hmm. three or whatever but it flows so oh, seamlessly yeah. like i didn't even get like beats like for me there wasn't like a oh turn the page moment it all was just one big thought yeah i remember when i first like went back to read the collected version i think i've mentioned this a few times in the show but i was like i think i was like a quarter or halfway through the book before I realized that I didn't notice when an issue ended. Like the, the, even though there's like one small panel where it says chapter two or chapter three, like on the first time I read it, I didn't notice any of that stuff. And I was just breezing through, not even considering the possibility that there were single issues in this book, which was crazy. Yeah. Which, which to, and and to the, uh, to complement the volume as a whole, I feel like this could have easily been a five-issue miniseries. Like, you're getting a complete, pretty much a complete story here, save for the last, you know, little story arc with the Lash, the Lash character at the very end. But otherwise, it, it was a very complete uh, story from beginning to end, and it's very, uh, very filling when you mm-hmm. consume it in one, one sitting. It was, very, it was excellent. Excellent. Does anyone know what the final issue number is? Has he talked about that? No, I haven't. Or has he just kind of always said he has an end in mind? I haven't read any interviews about it, to be honest. Yeah, I know there's there's three, what, three collected volumes out already. Yeah. But. There was, I think I ended up starting to read volume two, but I think I tried too soon after reading volume one because I, Gen I, Z, maybe you can correct me, but the next tr- volume starts out with her again, but in a different decade and in different environment. But yeah, it's, it's, it follows a very similar path in the first issue where, where I kind of like mentally, I was like, I kind of just did this. I need to take a break before I do this again. Yeah. I haven't read to volume three, but uh, from what I gather, you know, each arc of fatal is going to be kind of her going into another life and kind of turning it upside down all in her mad dash to live forever, as it were. Yeah, I really, like, Brubaker and Phillips are, like, I can't compare them to another creative team, but everything they do, I just want to, like, eat up. Like, their work, Phillips' stuff is so great for the noirish yeah. uh, genre. Like, I would just read, I would read these trades forever, and I hope they, I hope, God forbid, like, they never have a falling out, but... Their stuff is just so on point. Their, their work that they put together is gorgeous. It never misses a beat. Like his writing in this book was so. I just like I. Comparing it to like his superhero stuff is so weird because, his his original Cap stuff was great. His Daredevil original uh, Daredevil stuff was great, but towards the late the later end, I didn't really like his Cap stuff. Like I felt like, in in my head, I wondered if he had told all his superhero stories already and he was just kind of like, I don't want to compare it to trying to come up with monthly stories when he doesn't want to anymore. But 
like this kind of setting for his creator own stuff, like that's where I feel like he would never run out of ideas where he would always have a, a plan in place for like a larger story. And you get that vibe reading Fatal, like, Oh man, I I love for him to never leave this creator own scene ever. You know, uh, I re- you, something you just said just really locked in, you know, even with his semi superhero stuff, like his, their sleeper property, that's really like shoehorned into Wildstorm. So as much as he wanted that to be creator owned, as much as he, you know, really loved it, I mean, you could tell he loved it by the way he wrote it. In a way, um, he couldn't really expand the way he wanted to because he was under the constraints of the Wildstorm universe. But here we have Fatal and... Now that you said that, Fatal really reminds me of Miss Misery mm, yeah, uh, from the sleeper run. Like almost like that same archetypical, you know, bad A female who's just, you know, has her own agenda. And that's really shown here. And it makes me wonder if these, Fatal is a story he might have wanted to tell in another property, but was just under too much editorial constraint to tell. Mm-hmm. What I, I mean, what I really loved was the, I, I love the whole book, but I really think it's cool that the, like it's the book's name, name is Fatal, and it's all about, like, you know, the stereotypical uh, dame. It's 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 meant to be like on the outside, this this girl is nothing but trouble, but men would do anything, include kill for her. But it's all for like this. This the twist to the book is that it's all for the wrong reasons because she's, you know, she's got supernatural powers, and you know, I'm under the vibe that, like, right now, in the first arc, I I kind of perceive that it what she's not necessarily doing it because she's a demon or or something like that. Like she's she's definitely in pursuit of something, but. You can tell she she so at least so far she's not getting her jollies off on making these men do the bad things they do and the, to go back to freaking Black Kiss, you know who Dagmar whoever that lady was like she was obviously yeah whoever that lady was like you don't think about it every night before you, <laughs> you get mean to bed the lady with the the genitalia of a man that would often have intercourse with a man. I mean, whoever that one was, I don't. <laughs> I, I totally like, forget. <laughs> she got her jollies off uh, with a, having a man's penis and also making men suffer. But this one, like it, it, it's it's an interesting twist on the book because of the supernatural that it gets into, and the uh, it's very thorough. Like you know, and you have to follow along. But reading an all in one volume like this really helps with the story of the corrupt cops and how. You know, he, he was never really done with um, Joe, uh, Walter, but he just, you know, up until the very end, he was willing to do what he needed, even when he was uh, perceived when it was perceived that he was going to double cross her, and and give Mister Bishop her. I think in the end, I think he was still willing to kill for her, first and foremost, but he just c- couldn't make it look like that. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling throughout the story that. Walter is, you know, in it only for him. And then there's that great, I want to say, Brubarian 
reveal <laughs> that the entire time he's been secretly working to help her. Like that such seems like such a brewbaker thing to Jonesy do. Jonesy the Brewbarian coming to a theater near <laughs> you. Crom. What I also love too, and I didn't realize it until maybe halfway, but I love that this the story kind of had a narrator. Like a narrator was fantastic. You know, not the thought bubbles of the characters, but kind of a, an all knowing narrator that you would read in a in a novel or a noir novel like this like you don't see that in comics a whole lot anymore which i i I loved it i love that kind of storytelling uh, aspect where you cross between this the past and then the present with the the um the dude without a leg lash and and the way the narrator just i mean just his word usage like i i love it's very you know it's brubarian thing that he, I don't know, like, I just want to get down to the fundamentals, like, the adjectives used and the the sentence sentences formed with these words were just marvelous for to set the tone. Like, it did so much, that narrator, to set this noir-ish, supernatural tone. Like, you could really feel what the characters were feeling in, in such a uh, descriptive way. I mean, it was just beautiful. I think if there was one negative, and maybe it's just because I was an idiot when I first read it, but I thought that the original flashbacks were a graphical telling of the manuscript that he found, where I didn't think that that was the the guy that from the funeral. I thought that that was the manuscript being shown to you, because and then it even compounded that because the manuscript follows his life in a way, and, the, and then the, the characters are just... And that's why maybe it was never published or, you know, it alludes to that. But it was his life in this story. So that confused me a little bit on the first read. And, and you know, obviously not at all the second time. And I kind of felt silly. But on the first read, for whatever, that really confused me. Uh, the only time I was able to pick up where it was different is uh, there's like, a, I don't know if it's a throwaway line, but it's a one or two panels where uh, the way that um, Reigns' wife dies is different in the manuscript. He actually makes a comment. He's like, because <clears throat> you remember he goes to the library to look at microfilm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he verifies is the way that Reigns' wife dies. So in the manuscript, uh, I think she falls down the set of stairs or something like that. Yeah. But it, you know, when we see it, it's actually the cult kind of killing her and taking her baby. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Uh, what? Um, I actually, I mean, I, uh, I still kind of um, I'm on the hook for thinking it was like the manuscript. I just thought maybe it was embellished like uh, mm. Reigns just embellished the manuscript or or didn't necessarily know he wasn't there. He didn't see the crime scene with his wife. Well, he did see the crime scene with his wife. But I actually believed it. I mean, it, it didn't, but it didn't take away how, from me um, either way. What, how do you mean? You mean that the manuscript was a fictitious version of what really happened? Yeah, yeah, like he, I think what Lash was reading and the flashbacks were... Fake? No, no, I I, I thought the flashbacks were what Lash was reading. Oh, yeah, so that's what I thought initially. But then I kind of reread it as he's reading a manuscript, but what we're seeing really happened. 
That's how I read it. Uh, That's how I thought okay. too. I thought he's reading a manuscript. Uh, I can't talk tonight. A manuscript, but what we're seeing is the actual chain yeah. of events. Yeah, and the events yeah. are so so closely yeah. mirrored in the manuscripts, yeah. it didn't really matter. The, only exactly. the names were really changed and the way the wife died. But I think the narration was a, maybe, even though I love the narration, I think that's what maybe set me off the wrong path at first. Like, there's mm-hmm. a narrator here. Is this the manuscript speaking or, you know, what's happening? But, yeah, I loved I love Fatal. I love um, the first volume. And I, I, from what I read of the second volume, it was... It's going to be more of the same, just in a kind of a different, different era with different characters. So I wonder what the differences are. Like, I hope that it's not just kind of another Reigns gets mixed up. Because when I read the first issue, that's kind of what it was. So hopefully it, it changes a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I really like the, the setting. I mean, San Francisco and and everybody was smoking back then. And the uh, even the captain knew the cops were corrupt, but you know that's just that's just how it was back then and i I, basically just get a slap on the wrist yeah yeah like you know don't bring your uh don't bring your s here and make it a pr nightmare if you're going to be corrupt at least you know you know don't get caught don't get uh, pr involved and stuff like that but uh, i mean i recommend get out there and and read fatal i know they only have a uh i think trade paperback but this is hardcover all over it it's hardcover worthy all over it. It's is there a hardcover of this out yet? I don't think there is, no. I think it's only like a $10 trade paperback for the first volume. And yeah, Dale's Mortgage Company squashed uh, <laughs> Fatal hardcover, so they're afraid they weren't going to get paid. Yeah, they put a stop on all DCBS Amazon hardcover orders, I think, right away. They, they talked to the people over there. They better, sh- they better just shut their mouths. I'll ether them, too. Fatal. We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you To you uh, Sorry, cut that off a little <laughs> A little quick there Thanks, uh, Mr. Matt Letters at paperkeg.com Just got a Google alert reminding me that we're supposed to record tonight Thanks for that, Google Appreciate it. <laughs> Always on point. Um, letters of papercake.com. Shoot us a letter. We'll read it on the era. First one is up by a friend who uh, we've met in person. He works at the comic book shop. Th- greetings, y'all. Oh, my email just closed. All right. Just, we'll just edit this out and post. Faithful listener and co curator of the paper keg rack. At the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware, shameless plug. After seeing that you dudes were going to be doing brew baker keg, keg this week, I told myself I had to mail in. And he does do a, a great job curating the paper keg spinner rack. We thank him for uh, and doing that. planking on the counter when the bosses are away. Thank you, faithful writer. I'm a big fan of the brew. His work was also, was what got me into reading comics. His run on Captain America is, in my opinion, one of the best superhero runs ever. After reading through his cap run, it was a skip, hop, and a jump to his fantastic creator-owned material, which is nothing if not comics gold. I was actually glad to see that he left the big two camp, at least for now, and started focusing on getting more of his own stuff out there. Fatal is one of the few titles I look forward to reading every month, and Velvet is looking to be as well. 
What I wanted to get your guys' opinion on is actually Brubaker's non-comic stuff. He's got two TV pilots, which he sold, and I believe Criminal Coward is being adapted into a feature film. What I've read the from what I've read, the pilots sound interesting. I'm hoping that they'll do well. I'm also op- I'm also optimistic about Coward. I feel like, and we've discussed it this at, discussed this at the shop. That Brubaker's stuff is already cinematic and feels like it could be easily adapted onto the big and small screen. Do you guys think they'll be good or and or do well? Keep up the good work, Martinez at MJTinez on the Twitter. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, to, to it hurts my heart when he when he said that uh, he was glad to see Brubaker leave the big two hurts my heart when everybody leaves the big two You're big you know two some I'm a, i am a big two guy big two being marvel, marvel and dark horse they are <laughs> they're tied to be my favorite uh publishers i don't know that's, that seems like something up the alley of book jug your friendly neighborhood book <laughs> review club podcast but uh i don't know comic creators right. that plug it in plug it in comic creators that do tv stuff i feel like it never just happens, and I feel terrible for these comic creators. I say, like, yeah, this is we just this pilot's being made. This is in the in production, and then in development, in development, and then it's like <laughs> in development hell. And then sorry guys, it didn't make it. We're not going to do it, but whatever. I don't know what's going to come out first, inherited or powers. That's what we should be asking ourselves. Speaking of which, apparently he has a preview for a brand new creator owned book with Oming in the back matter of the most recent powers issue. Mm. Really? Which I, really? I don't know how that's going to work out, but... Interesting. Taki? Is it Taki? Ta- uh, Takeo? Takeo? No, I think that was just a one-off thing. Graphic novel. Oh, we got an, we got another letter in. Uh-oh. Live. Mm-hmm. Did anyone answer no, the question? No, Jensen, are, off the are you going to read any of uh, Brubaker's stuff? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to check out Velvet. Anything Brubaker Phillips uh, is a must-read. I think everybody knows that by now. You're going to miss out if you don't jump on. Uh, do I think Fatal and Sleeper and Criminal would do well as movies? Sure. Uh, I think um, that we're kind of seeing a big comeback of like uh, mystery movies that aren't necessarily you know action packed or super action oriented, and definitely uh, supernatural stuff has become more mainstream. So I think it's ripe. I think it's a good time to be alive for Ed Brubaker to put these titles out into the world. Do I like it when Jonesy asks himself a question and then he answers it? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think that's why uh, um, to get meta when Brubaker did that. Um, how did this get made? Episode. Mm, great episode. He was he was in you know he was live in studio with a couple of them. God and, bless him. Uh, that was in Los Angeles. He must have been hustling. Some uh, movie movie projects before he headed back home yeah. in Seattle. Yep, and now has been taking meetings left and right, babe. Now that I think about it, it's bonkers. Kind of maybe seeing what his status is in the social community, but looking back, it's bonkers that he wrote X Men for a while. Like if that were to happen now, people would like poop in their panties. But it already happened. Oh yeah, actually, him and Fraction too. So crazy stuff. Voice of the people, not Fraction. <laughs> he said, "Voice of a generation." Voice of that terrible Thor run. Oh, come on now. All right. Hey, guys. Voice of that terrible Iron Man run. 
I can bore everybody, <laughs> including myself, with a long email on the virtues of fatal. So he said he could write a long email, but this is at least nine paragraphs. <laughs> but to be succinct, I think it's great. I think it's a great example of combining horror with a rich character story. You put a cult, Nazi, and tentacle heads into the one book, and you have me sold. There's an image early on where you get a glimpse of how nutty things are. When a truck goes by filled with monsters, you only see for a moment. That really grabbed my interest. I totally think the series reads great in trade format. Each book concentrates on a very different era, and the pace doesn't slacken. There's a lot of story in the book, and you do feel for the woman, uh, Josephine, as she is quite doomed. Sometimes it's sweet justice what happens to the loser who hit, losers who hit on her. Other times it's less clear-cut and far more sad. This is Broobs and Sean Phillips taking the open shot all day long as far as I'm concerned. It's one of the strongest books on the shelves. P.S. Slim, Black Science, ellipsis, just gorgeous. Rack up the hardcover pre-order and walk away. I described it to a friend and used the term game changer. Uh-oh. Later, guys. Keep great work. That's from our friend uh, David Finn, who is the Red Lantern on Twitter. I can write some emails. Yeah, he can. Yeah, that was succinct. That was a quick email from David Finn. When he does write uh, a letter, he writes he blows his letter wad pretty hard. He well, he gets excited. Yeah. He's excited. I'm excited with him. Along Fair. with him. Yeah, that en- that capricious energy. Capricious. Mm, love it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh thanks for that email. Yeah, that was <clears throat> that was great. I mean if, what I think you better put what I was trying to say about Josephine herself. Like she's not Dagmar porking men in the holes with her. <laughs> you know, she is like a sad a figure, and I'd like to know more of her story. Oh, yeah. God. Isn't that right, Dagmar? <laughs> you tranny. <laughs> uh, another one in the wind column. <laughs> God bless. We've already... This is something we've almost never been done, but we have our next two book clubs planned out. What? I forgot what they are already. Now would be the time to buy the books for the next book club as they're on sale. Hopefully by the time you download this. One of the biggest events of all times. Bribs. Bendy. The rest... Avengers vs. X-Men. Start downloading now. We'll see everybody next week. This week, what's that? Jupiter's Legacy. What the now did available digitally? Yeah, first three issues I read. 
How did you? Uh, how'd you make What's out? that? Uh, Mark Millar? Is it's that a Miller is? World John with Frank Quietly. That's dis- a lot of disturbing. Praise. The disturbing cover of issue one with the dark eye, the darkened eyes. I, I don't know of that chick. Creepy, very yeah. gothy. It's um, it's pretty good, and it follows that same Miller vibe. Where I wonder if it would be successful at if it was just another creative team, like if it was just some schlubs doing it. If it would be anywhere near as kind of like, yeah, I like it a lot. Well, I've got to ask, has it already been optioned to a movie that will never come out? I actually think <laughs> it has, to be honest. Um, but it's about, it starts off pretty cool where this guy loses his job during the Depression and gets visions where he needs to go to this island at any cost and that it's his destiny so he goes there with his family and some friends and they get superpowers at this island. When they, so they come back superheroes and they come and stop the Great Depression uh, because Whoa. of what happened at this island. So they never really say what happened at the island. They just allude to them getting to the island and coming back with powers. And so the, 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 this husband and wife team are like the Superman and Wonder Woman type deal. And then they have kids... And they have powers, but like they're older. They're like 60 or 100 years old by this point. So the kids are like 25, 30. Wow. And um, it's like we're a world kind of where superheroes are kind of like celebrities or whatever. So, but the brother of the main Superman character kind of like doesn't agree with his methods. You know, he thinks they should be using their powers to shape political... Um, discourse like he thinks everyone in office is an idiot and superman essentially says like let them do their jobs this is the way it's been this is the way it has to be yeah so he wants to eventually get rid of this guy and have his son take over his son is like treated like an immature idiot essentially i enjoyed it but like i think this is a bi-monthly title so i kind of feel like maybe i should just waited to read it until it was done So, is there more than three issues out yet, or is that? To be honest, I have no idea. I've been kind of like ignoring the print stuff, so it could be up to like issue four or five right now. But he's his digital release time frame is bizarre, and I have no idea when the next issues will be out, or you know. But it was it was cool to read new quietly art. That's for sure. Yeah, that is nice. Wow. (laughs) Mm, Load him up. But that uh, that Savage Wolverine that I read, oh man, Jensen, you need to get that issue. I was it's all good, over huh? that. It was great. He comes, you know, he's out in like his little forest, uh, or actually not forest, but I think Africa, doing his thing, and comes across uh, these animals that have had their faces ripped off, Oof. not just killed, but like their faces ripped off while they were living, and there's and these poachers are selling that. So what he finds out is that they're being sold through Madripoor and apparently his old stomping his old stomping ground. So like my pants shot off at that point. There's even a patch flashback, but, uh, what are the only, uh, Wolverine origins arc that I retained that I liked was you ever read our war mm-hmm. where it's basically him and capital and counterintelligence out of Madripoor for like a couple of years. Mm-mm. It's pretty, pretty There's good. There's a lot stuff. of great 1980s Wolverine kind of graphic novels limited series like the one that i i think i had the tituses at the comic book shop look for was bloody choices where 
Nick Fury is housing this child molester because he's going to be a witness in this big case and Wolverine is furious <laughs> and uh, he like goes after to kill this guy. Amazing. Like such wow. a weird kind of storyline. But that's how Wolverine works best. Though. Remember Law of the Jungle? Mm-hmm. When he get in the, um, he just saves that girl, and he didn't like what happened to her family, so he just goes and kills like every mobster in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I also read Letter Forty Four Number Two. Did you guys read that yet? Oh no, it's downloaded. Mm. I haven't read it yet. No spoilers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't read it. Don't. Don't. Not Thor. Thor. Didn't read it. Man, Thor is so Thor. good. It's so funny. It's like uh It's good and it's a BA. The art. Yeah, that, is, it's hysterical. Is that Garney on That art? scene you're talking about? Yeah. That scene where he uh, is like drunkenly talking to Mjolnir about like he's only one Slim, I, I, I'm gonna describe this wrong, but like he talks about how he's always been afraid of Odin because even ever since he was a boy, Odin was always large and looming in an armor, and he was always afraid of his father. And uh, you know, his mother always softened him up, but he then he's like, "But you, like he's speaking like to someone like you've been the one that's been there for me the whole time. You told me about war, battle, honor, and then you like pan out." And he's just like by himself talking to Mjolnir on the table. <laughs> it's hilarious. And he's uh yeah, he like unites the fellowship uh through a drinking contest and oh it was just it was just great. By the end and they get onto they get into the battle on on Jotunheim and uh like working together as a team. Oh, it was great. I mean it's it's an amazing arc and uh I mean I just love this setup with uh, the like the fellowship he's got going on with the other I was worried that God Bomb would be like the one story that Jason Aaron wanted to tell, and then mm. you know the follow up would be mm-hmm. not as strong, but it's just still hitting. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's like it's it's a, a different vibe, but you still like want to high five the air after getting <laughs> reading every issue. What's the um, story with Superior Spider Man? Did you read Twenty Two? Dale came out. This I week? haven't. I know I haven't read that yet. It says that um, Cage uh, or Christos. Christos Gage. I've been calling him Gage this whole time. Cage. Is he's hopping on? He's or a is co-writer. He? It looks like. Oh, who, who. But um, it looks like a Venom storyline, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely Venom related. Hmm. Yeah, it, you guys didn't read it. No, no the first issue right in the Darkest Hour, the Spider Event of the Year. Flash Thompson, known as Venom, is back in town. Kind of, I'm not really hearing like the buzz around this being the, the biggest. The event first of the issue year. was definitely not the biggest event of the year. It's really, it's not. I won't spoil it, but it doesn't. I'm just going to delete that, it. I'm not going to read it after that. Jeez, Jones, good heavens! It was a good issue. It just wasn't, you know, the prologue to the biggest event of the year. I do want to throw this out there that I think right. Avengers versus X Men is like 12 issues, 10 issues. Oh my god, are we recording next <laughs> September? Is that? issue or is that episode 150 remember this is the one that was like bi-monthly and they had brew baker aaron and bendis and i think another one just throwing it out there aaron jason aaron ah yeah so we're gonna record in like four days right yeah mm-hmm. i gotta read 12 issues better get on it it's fine. shut off it's that fine. avengers or that assassin's creed 
You're going to have to burn the disc to, to stop the temptation. <laughs> Babe. What does my life become? <sighs> Great show. Good show, Definitely. guys. See you next week, yeah? Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your... Bye. Right, Dagmar? I have a penis. My name's Dagmar. Dagmar. <laughs>